This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Joining us right now to do a little recap and a little look ahead with the Super Bowl uh, champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is a senior writer for Buccaneers.com. Scott Smith joining me right now on CBS Sports Radio. Scott, it's great to have you on the show. Did that uh, Super Bowl celebration with all the boats and everything, was that as much fun as it looked on all the highlights? Yeah, it was it was very Florida, I would say. Uh, <laughs> the guys really had a good time, obviously, and uh, uh, you know we have we had the um, Lombardi Trophy toss to cap it all off. So uh, it, it was a good time. It, it rivaled the uh, Super Bowl uh, parade from 18 years ago, which was a more traditional car ride through town with hundreds of thousands of people out. And so you know you didn't quite have the same amount of, of a crowd, but I think it was still a pretty exciting day. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to dig into the Buccaneers in this conversation, Scott, but just in general, what's it like being in Tampa right now with uh, you know, a hockey team winning a Stanley Cup and the, uh, the baseball team won the American League? You know, in a, in a time where uh, sports are just really, really strange and weird, Tampa, maybe appropriately, Tampa has now all of a sudden become the cradle of champions in COVID <laughs> yeah, year. A, yeah, I've been here for about 30 years now, and it's definitely the most incredible season from a sports standpoint uh, that we've ever seen around here. And what was interesting about it, I think, is that all those teams had championship aspirations going into their season. So people were talking about the possibility of this happening before it actually happened. And then whichever team you were most invested in, obviously, uh, you you enjoyed the ride incredibly the entire way. And And then it went to the next season, like, can the next team actually do the same thing? And to get that close to a full sweep is is one of the most incredible things I've ever witnessed. Yeah, so let's talk about that, Scott, with respect to the Buccaneers. And Scott Smith writes for Buccaneers.com. Um, midway through the season, the Buccaneers were floundering a little bit. They were, yep. I think, 7-5 and five at one point. Yep. Um, you know, I know that you, you just mentioned that the, the Bucs obviously came into the season with championship aspirations. But if, we're, you know, if we were drawing this like a stock chart right now, was there any point in the season where those, the, the beliefs that this was a Super Bowl team fizzled out? Like, how fixable did the problems feel at that time? Yeah, I, well, I can't speak for how the players felt about it, but I would definitely say there were there were moments of doubt. Um, you know, part of it was there was no, and, and everybody had to deal with this, obviously, but there was no off season, and there was no there were no preseason games, and we had a new quarterback, and and I think everybody felt that the teams that had an advantage going into this weird NFL season were teams like Green Bay and New Orleans, who had stability at their quarterback and especially at their quarterback and head coach um, relationships and. Tom Brady said from we lost the first game to New Orleans and he was clearly not in sync with his pass catchers and he said after that game and I must have heard him say it 
a dozen or more times during the season, we're a work in progress. This is, we, you know, this is, we're kind of doing this on the fly. We're figuring this out and we're, this offense is a work in progress and it was not really clicking. There were some great games, but overall it wasn't clicking full on until after we came out of our week 13 bye. And from that point on, it was clear that, you know, it had come together. And I think from that point on, we scored about 34 points a game right through the Super Bowl. So, uh, there were, I, you know, you can you can question whether it was all going to come together for sure. I, I think there were definitely some doubts, uh, but as confidence just grew, one game after another after that uh, week thirteen bye. Scott Smith, Buccaneers.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. So, Scott, you, I mean, you cover the team on a daily basis. You covered every snap of the team this year. If we're outside of Tampa, I can look at the stats. For Tom Brady, threw for 4,600 yards, 40 touchdowns, way fewer interceptions than Jameis Winston, all those things. And I can watch him toss the trophy around and go, okay, I know I know there are differences that Brady made empirically with this team. They won a Super Bowl, and he threw for a lot more yards, didn't turn the ball over very much. But as someone who covers a team on a daily basis, maybe tell me something I don't know about an effect or a change or an impact that Brady had on this team. Well... I don't think it's going to come as any huge surprise that, uh, the, you know, as Bruce Arians put it, this team last year was 7-9, and nine and we had 33 interceptions, and you were alluding to all of that. And there were a lot of close games that, that were lost probably because of turnovers and simply fixing the problem. The, the Buccaneers went from a league-high 41 turnovers last year to uh, their lowest turnovers ever in the season 17. And that obviously – that's all the things you were alluding to, but – Bruce Arians said that this team last year at seven and nine did not know that they could win at all. They didn't know it. He, he, he would he would compare them to the to the Saints, who have been the problem for the Buccaneers the last three or four years, and they win the division every year. And we couldn't get over the hump with the Saints. And he would compare them to the Saints and say that team knows they're going to win. We didn't know that we could win it all. And then when they got Tom Brady, they felt that they could win it all. It really made a big difference in in the uh, the belief of this team. And, and I think that helped carry them through some of the ups and downs of the season. And I'm not trying to, you know, we all love Tom Brady. We know what an incredible leader he is. We know he's the greatest champion of all time and all that. But, I mean, I think there really is something to it. I, I'm not trying to, like, you know, just lay back on the myth of Tom Brady. But I think there really was something to Tom Brady making this largely young team believe that they could win it all. Yeah, that's what I – the sense I got watching the celebration on the field after the Super Bowl – was, you know, obviously, you know, nobody's mic'd up down there. I mean, they were mic'd up, but you can't hear what they're saying to each other. But but just the, the sense that I got in the interactions and looking at the body language with Brady and the guys on the team was they were almost – they almost looked like they were really thankful to Tom Brady. Like, like he, he is obviously the leader of the football team, but it's almost like he brought them a gift. You know what I mean? Like, like his being there, that, that's, that's kind of – and maybe I'm projecting too much of what I thought it looked like there, but I, I don't know. I mean, you, you talk to these guys on the team. You were, you're at the game, things like that. I mean, what was, the, what was the sense like of this team post-game on Sunday as far as just how they felt about Brady and the season and what he brought to the team? Yeah, I think, I think you're right, Sean. Um, because one of the things that I think that a lot of our players learned about Tom Brady when he joined the team, uh, it's, you know, this is the GOAT. This is the myth that is Tom Brady. And maybe they thought he would be aloof or, you know, follow me or, or, or you know, things will be bad. But he was, he was actually 
from the beginning of training camp, I think people were a little surprised at how positive he was constantly and how much it was important to him to be accessible and just one of the guys with all the teammates. I've seen. He, he actually stated that many times early on in the season that it was important to him to show that these guys that he was there to work hard every day and do the best he can. And he, he did not put himself above anybody else is the way I, I guess I would put it. And I think they all really appreciated that. And so when you have that and then you have him come through as you would expect Tom Brady to do, I, I, I think there's a genuine affection there. What's it like to go from covering a team where Jameis Winston is throwing three and four interceptions a weekend and you're probably thinking, God, if he could just protect the football, they'd be 11-5, and five, to covering a team that has Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and Antonio Brown on it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Jason Light, um, our general yeah. manager, who not only made one of the most incredible um, free agent signings of all time, I think, with Tom Brady, but they were they felt that they had a Super Bowl roster and that getting Tom Brady made them Super Bowl contenders, but they they didn't uh, rest on that. And so Rob Gronkowski was a trade and a lure out of retirement in April, and Leonard Fournette was a pickup in, I think, very late August or early September. And Antonio Brown was mid-October, and, and obviously, you know, somewhat criticized move. Uh, all these things were, were because, you know, they felt that they could get a little bit better at a lot of these positions. And when it all came down to it, I mean, I think every single point we scored in the Super Bowl – was by a player we signed this year or last year, 2020. Yeah, yeah that's oh – boy, that's true. I didn't even think about that. I mean, you watch Gronk scoring those two touchdowns and Antonio Brown, Fournette. Yeah, those are the four the four touchdowns yeah. right there. Scott even Smith, the Buccaneers. And the – yeah, Ryan Suckup as well. It's true. Yeah, Buccaneers.com. Scott Smith joining me. All right, Scott, before I let you go, just looking ahead, you mentioned, um, you mentioned uh, the general manager, Jason Light. What – He's got his work cut out for him now oh, with yeah. some of these free agents, Shaq Barrett and Chris Godwin. How how do you, you know, if you're in his shoes, how do you play this thing this offseason? I think the hardest part there is prioritizing. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, because it's Shaq Barrett, it's Levante David, Chris Godwin, Indomitian Sue, um, Rob Gronkowski, even Ryan Suckup that we were just talking about and a couple other guys. Uh, the good thing about it is that they have done a good job and – and Bruce Arians has mentioned this multiple times, that they did a good job of building this team without putting us in some sort of cap hell. So they're not starting from a horrible position. But with so many guys, it's clearly going to be difficult. The good news, I think, for Buccaneer fans is that it's clear from comments made by just about everybody that there's there's optimism and there's there's a feeling that these guys want to find a way to get it done. But they also need to get paid. So I think it will be very difficult to keep this entire championship core intact but judging from what they were able to do last year, if I were a Buck fan, I'd feel pretty optimistic about it. Do you feel like they're going to be in on J.J. Watt, and how much has that been a talking point over the last 48 hours? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. That's a great question, Sean, because as as we were going on last year and as I'm answering fan questions for various forums, and somebody would throw out, oh, Leonard Fournette, are they going to go after Leonard Fournette? Are they going to go after Antonio Brown? And I would generally preach caution, like, you know, I don't know if that's really necessary. If, and and over the course of that year, I realized, hey, they're going to try. I wouldn't rule out anything. I would not rule out anything with this group. So, um, yeah, obviously, J.J. Watt, probably, as is the case in a lot of cities, has been a topic of conversation. Maybe a lot of that might have to do with what happens with Shaq Barrett, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I can tell you, as somebody who's covered J.J. Watt for the last 10 years, you would enjoy covering J.J. Watt down there. <laughs> he's, he's a great dude and a fun guy to cover, and certainly when he's healthy, he's a great guy to watch play football. So i got Watt and Gronk on the same team. That would be uh, – <laughs> Boy, you'd be set up well to put your uh, next WWE tag team champion. So That's you guys funny. are right near the the, the uh, performance center down there for WWE. You could just yeah, send them right cool. over to Orlando. <laughs> oh, my God. Scott Smith, Buccaneers.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Scott, really appreciate the insight. Uh, congrats on a, on a great season for uh, you, so. everybody covering the team, and all the Tampa Bay fans down there. Look forward to talking to you again down the road. Thanks. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.